Should the Lib Dems be working more closely with other parties? My next guest thinks they should. Welcome to the Lib Dem podcast. Hello and welcome to the Lib Dem podcast. I'm John Potter and today we have a very interesting discussion lined up with a new group that's been set up to help cross-party collaboration and this group is called Liberal Base and to speak on their behalf is Tom Parkin. How are you doing Tom? Hiya, thanks for having me online John, it's great to speak to you. So I mean we've had a lot of talk particularly in like in the general election in 2019 about progressive alliances working together um, now, is that where this is coming from, the, the Liberal base group they've set up? I think uh, a lot of it has to do with our performance in 2019. Um, I think uh, we, as Liberal Democrats, uh, need to assess uh, where we are. We have 11 MPs. Uh, we might not have the general election till 2024. And uh, so this is really saying, look, in between that time, we have to be better at talking to other progressive parties and other alliances. And uh, this is trying to be that kind of neutral, uh, constructive forum where people can approach as individuals and not feel they have to speak with their party identities. It, it's interesting because we've obviously, I mean, people who um, follow politics closely know there have been several other groups kind of set up. So things like, uh, well, particularly during the, uh, the Brexit negotiations, like Unite to Remain and all the rest of it. So what, what are you planning, what are Liberal Base planning to do that would be different from these other groups? So I think a lot of these groups that you mentioned, um, Unite to Remain, for example, were all set up around the Brexit debate. And I feel as a, as a part, now speaking as a Lib Dem member, uh, the party really needs to find its identity in a post-Brexit UK. Uh, you know, what, what do we stand for? What is the point of our organisation? And uh, I think that's the same for the groups that go alongside the parties. We're not mm. discussing whether to uh, leave or remain anymore. Uh, and so I think the organisations have to change as well and to keep up as well. And uh, this is really trying to uh, give people the chance to approach, uh, to approach as, as individuals with their own skill set, not constantly having to think that they're speaking for their party. And uh, I think in the last year we've seen that the UK politics doesn't need another progressive party. Um, Change UK... Mm. Uh, in the European elections and later in the general elections, I think we need parties, we need to hit a, uh, a compromise where we recognise that people's party loyalties are here to stay and we should actually, in many cases, celebrate people's strong identities, but not make them become barriers to working together. Uh, and I think this is sort of that compromise position. So, uh, I mean, what kind of success have you had so far? Because I, I should point out, you guys are launching on the 30th of April, is that correct? Yes, it is. That's correct. Um, so, within the first 24 hours of asking for uh, volunteers to contribute pieces or contribute ideas or make suggestions for projects we should have, we had well over 100 uh, people contact us from Australia, the United States and the UK. And that's been really, really encouraging. You know, we're, we're not... We don't have a lot of money. It's all completely voluntary that we're based on. Uh, and so that was really encouraging. And the, the breadth of ideas as well has been really good to hear. Um, we, we've got people from uh, the Bloomberg campaign talking about 
the techniques that they had and, and giving some examples of ways left-wing parties and uh, campaigns can learn from that. Uh, we've got uh, people from Lib Dem Women who are uh, brilliantly going to talk to us about how they get more women to be involved uh, in their campaigns. And uh, we've got a whole series of excellent councillors trying to, of all parties, trying to say how can we get more younger people, uh, more single parents, um, more uh, older people as well, to, to really uh, consider becoming candidates themselves. Regardless of political party, this is about getting more people involved in the process between elections. So, and you, you've just mentioned that between elections. So what happens yeah. at the crunch point during elections? Because that's when you can work together quite happily with people, but very rarely do we see parties actually coordinate at the crunch when elections are, are happening. Yeah, so uh, Liberal Base isn't interested in fielding candidates. That's absolutely not what we're here to do. And I think we recognise that in our democratic process, that the, the way that we have first past the post at the moment means that candidates are going to uh, stand against each other, sometimes stand aside. Um, I think it depends really what the level of um, cooperation, level of success is really for Liberal Base, and that's on us to, to try and make a big success of it. But I think it's silly when there's issues like mental health, uh, transport, climate change that are really, that affect us all. And whether we're in Labour or the Dems or the Greens, that doesn't matter. And uh, we all need to come together and, and work out some way forward. And actually, I mean, you've just mentioned Labour as well. So obviously in the 2019 general election, there were electoral alliances between the Greens, Plaid uh, yes. and the Lib Dems. But obviously the Labour Party constitution says they are not allowed to do that. Um, yes. And so, and, it, and how do you also then, so how to deal with that issue, but how then do you also deal with, say, I have heard plenty of Lib Dems in southern facing Tory seats saying, you know, we absolutely have to work with Labour. And some of us who are facing Labour in more northern seats know yeah. that's virtually impossible because of, you know, just the nature of the battles that we have up here in the north and elsewhere in the country. Yes, I th well, I, I recognise that. So originally I'm from near Cheltenham, the Tory facing mm. seat, and I'm uh, a student and activist in Sheffield, Labour facing seat. So I do recognise the massive challenges there. On, on the Labour Party's uh, position, I think that that's up to them to change. I think the realities are they need to gain 124 seats in order to have a one-seat majority. Um, yeah. And I think the reality will hit them quite soon that they have to work with other progressive parties. And this is just trying to get sort of get the ball rolling with grassroots activists. Um, and again, uh, I, I understand that there are difficulties with how the Lib Dems could work with the diverse uh, appeal of seats. We, we work well in uh, central London. We also work well in massively rural areas as well. So I think there's a not just a political spectrum that the Lib Dems work well on, but also on different demographics. And it kind of sticking with the Lib Dems, just because you're a Lib Dem member, obviously I'm a Lib Dem member. Since the 2019 general election, there's been a, a kind of what do Lib Dems stand for now, now that Brexit issue has not entirely sorted, there'll be lots of Brexit issues coming on, but actually the whole Remain versus Leave is done. Uh, that's yes. obviously happened. And a lot of Lib Dems saying, okay, what, what are we going to now fight for? What are we going to stand for? Now, does working with other groups 
maybe dilute that message that we're going to eventually try and build or what's your what's your feeling on that i think uh the lib dems have had quite an identity uh change in the last 10 years you know from sort of the orange booker types to going to becoming you know bollocks to brexit was our big slogan mm -hmm. to now leaving that so we we are used to having to change our identity as the um political realities change and i don't think we shouldn't apologize for that that's that's our role to make sure we are a relevant and powerful force. Uh, but again, part of being a relevant and powerful force is being willing to work with other parties. We've mm. uh, had leaders in the past, quite rightfully, saying that we shouldn't be ashamed that our ambition is to get into government. Now, I think it's unlikely, sadly, that we're going to get a majority Liberal Democrat government at the next election. So we have to have the... Um, the good working relationships with other parties whilst saying you know we are proud liberal democrats but also the reality is i keep going back to the reality is we have 11 mps we are mm. in single digits in opinion polls we now have this amazing period going forward where we don't have elections going on internal elections or external elections and we have to make best use of that on, on, on the national on the, on the national scale, obviously we have a lot of elections going forward, both locally and obviously we have to then caveat as well. The Welsh and Scottish uh, assemblies are both up next year as well. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the things when you when you emailed me about Liberal Base, you you said about how the cooperation hasn't hasn't brought results. You know, there hasn't been results. So and. I'm reading a fantastic book at the moment about people who say they're into politics, but actually yeah. don't do any of the sort of act, activist sort of act, activities. They think being involved in politics is reading a Twitter feed and watching the news. And yes. I think that's part of the reason sometimes progressives, as well-intentioned as they are, don't actually get the results they sometimes want is because they're, they're well, what has been called political hobbyists rather than activists. So how yes, do you expect, yeah. and how do you expect to change that from, from this group? How do you expect to get liberal-minded people, progressive-minded people off the backsides and out campaigning? Well, I, I think uh, one of the troubles with the way that we do campaigning, and this is what I mean by when it's just political parties, is if you're mm. not a member of the political party, it's actually quite hard to go and do door knocking and to have the confidence and the, the support to go and do that kind of thing. As you say, get off your ass and go and do something. Mm. And so we're hoping that when we're all freed from these uh, coronavirus lockdowns, to hold some uh, uh, live training events, uh, not for people to stand as candidates, as I said, we're not interested in that, but to give training events to go and listen to people and say, look, what in your local community can we do cross-party to help you? What, what, what training events would you like to organise? And this isn't going to political parties, this is going to individuals and charities and local organisations and saying, look, we would like to get off our arse and do something, but we need to come together. We need to have a sort of a pool set of resources. And that's what Liberal Base is trying to do, really. And can we get anywhere, generally, any sort of progressive parties uh, without some sort of electoral reform? You know, I, I mean, Labour hold the key to that. But actually, given that they keep on, I mean, the walloping Labour have just got, hopefully, will focus minds. But yeah. without that, it's very difficult because the first past the post 
punishes people for not choosing one of the two big parties. Yes, and I think with the Labour Party, they are the biggest beneficiaries of, strangely, uh, of the first-past-the-post system. Their seat numbers are inflated even more than the Conservatives. Um, mm. I think their interest, the fact that they had such a walloping at the last election means that the gap they are so unlikely to fill between yeah. now and 2024. And I think that really does change the dynamics for other progressive parties. I think it says, look, we there are many examples of where uh, the Liberal Democrats and Labour work well in local government, uh, supporting executives or even both in opposition working well together. So I there's not, uh, it's not unprecedented for Labour and the Lib Dems to be working together. Kirsty Williams in, uh, in Wales is supporting the Labour administration there. So quite why it's um, seen as being sort of unconventional and bizarre um, I don't really understand. But I think that's the difference between local politics and Westminster politics, is the fact that we've, there's been coalitions and agreements between all parties of all colours for years upon years upon years to work together. But when the, and that's why the coalition in 2010 was such a shock to the system to so many people. You know, yeah. I didn't vote for a coalition Kind of thing. You never vote for any. You don't actually even vote no. for a political party. You've, no, our constitution says you vote for an individual. Exactly, and I think uh, I think there's a massive problem there when people's perceptions of how the system works and how the system actually works, which we saw with Brexit, we saw with, as you say, the coalition. We saw with all the technical points that he raised when he was speaker, uh, and I think the the reality is, keep going back to the reality is that we have these examples in local elections. The coalition that we were part of shows that it can work at Westminster. We just have to, as progressive forces, have the, uh, the will and the independence and, frankly, the brave to be brave and go forward and say, look, we can't do this alone. We are interested in doing this together, but it doesn't compromise our identity as Liberal Democrats to do so. Now, what would you say to those Liberal Democrats who think... It you know, by working with others, we're not, we're taking our eye off the ball off ourselves. And actually, you know, Lib Dems, again, going back to reality, we are still recovering from the coalition years. Um, yeah. And that actually what we need to be is actually focused on our message and how we win more seats. Well, I think, I think when we say our message, I think that comes from taking action and doing something. I think the role of the Liberal Democrats unashamedly should be to be a productive and practical force in government and that means in our system working with other progressive political parties um, I, I think actually part of that cooperation with other parties will help craft our message the way um, sort of that that question is put suggests that uh, our party forms its message on its own in isolation and it it can't do that no party can do that and so I think working with other parties on a grassroots level at the most local level possible will help craft those messages and will help the Liberal Democrats appeal to right-leaning seats and left-leaning seats because it will focus on local issues. And obviously something that's happening not just on a local level but obviously nationally and internationally is coronavirus at the moment yeah. and forcing a kind of a slightly different kind of politics you know certainly we I've, I've literally just done an interview with ed davy about how in opposition we have to work together 
Now, mm -hmm. is this just showing you that actually, when it's required, political parties can, can swallow sometimes their, their partisan nature sometimes and actually work together? Yeah, I think a lot of it is theatre. You know, if we watch House of Commons, you know, it's just a bear pit and for no real reason, you know, they exit the House of Commons and they all seem to be quite good friends, really, which I think is how politics is in reality. Um, I think uh, the nature, what we've seen so far with all the parties working together has been uh, quite promising, frankly. Uh, mm. I think uh, we, the way that we bring more voters into politics is if candidates and politicians treat each other with a bit more respect. Yeah, so it's, I don't think people really turn on to uh, the news to watch a fight, really. I think they've got brothers and sisters and so on that they can, uh, and children that they can hear have a squabble. Um, so, and I think it makes the profession of politics more professional. I think it makes it more respectable. And I think people elect their MPs to do something and to take action. And that's sort of what we're encouraging here. Uh, it's interesting because just before we go on to your launch and what you guys are hoping to help uh, potential activists with, um, one of the most frustrating things for me, over the, particularly over the Brexit issue, was how the, the, basically the country and the two main political parties went to extremes. So you yeah. had the Tories going extremely right-wing where people like Ken Clark and Sir Nicholas Soames were kicked out of the party. And then you also had the Labour Party going extremely to the left, um, where you had, you know, the, the Laura Pidcock saying, I have no friends who are Tories, etc., which you've, which you've just spelled out is absolute nonsense. If you, if you have no friends from different political persuasions, you are not getting a good balanced argument. Uh, yes. And I, I, I read a, a very good a book about the Labour rise under Corbyn called Left for Dead. And one of the, the, the writers said it was called political sectarianism where basically not only do you think you are right on the argument, but you think you are morally right and everyone else is morally wrong. Yes. And, we've, and that's something that's got to change. Maybe the coronavirus uh, crisis will help with that. Mm. But actually, uh, up until, well, up until the 2019 general election, it was a pretty extreme level of kind of extremeness in politics in Britain. Yeah. Uh, I think... I think you're right, and to sort of that point about Laura Pidcock, I think I would question how well you'd be doing your job as an MP if you decide that you don't have any friends and talk to anyone that's conservative. Yeah. Um, I think it's about taking the toxicity out of a lot of public debate that's putting a lot of people off. Um, and actually, I think that's one of the reasons why, as you said earlier, that we have a lot of uh, sort of uh, sofa activists or people that just scroll Twitter and think that that's doing something. Um, signing a petition uh, is good, is helpful, but that's not all your activism. That's not what I think is your public duty to get involved. And I think this is an effort to do something more. Okay, so let's talk. Let's talk about your efforts then. Okay, so we've we've talked about the kind of philosophy of working together. So let's. Okay, what's happening at your launch? Let's tell tell me about uh, your exciting launch on the thirtieth. Okay, so on the launch, we've got uh, liberalbase.com is being launched. And uh, we've got uh, over 100 articles going up from people from all over the world about their experiences and what they're doing in their local community. Uh, it's got, uh, we've got some petitions uh, that people are going to submit and we'll be reviewing those in the next few days. But petitions will hopefully be going up where people can sit on their sofas and sign, but also um, <laughs> some advice on how people can um, become d uh, door knockers and how people can uh, 
go forward to their local parties. Uh, we've got some uh, articles from people experienced in mental health services um, up and down the country for those that want to know more about the realities on the front line. And we've made sure that we've got contributions from people at all levels of government. We've got former MEPs, MPs, peers, councillors of, again, of all parties and none um, who are talking about what they do in their day-to-day -day job. I think there's a lot of confusion uh, about who is responsible for what and what it's like to be a councillor and what it's like to be an MP. And I think it's just providing people with uh, a set of information all in one place uh, about how they can uh, take forward an issue and who to go to. We talked about um, helping people become politically active and get involved. What about, I've often found that some of the best people who eventually do become political actually get involved for community reasons first. Is that part of the, is that part of the thinking as well? Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, examples where uh, I know I have a lot of friends um, I study politics at university, but I have friends that I live with and who say, look, I want to do something, but I don't know all the technical points. I don't know the details. I, I, I don't know what I can do. And I think that sort of fear of getting involved is putting people off even local politics and local issues. And particularly now with coronavirus changing all of our lives, it's shown the absolute importance of politics and of central and local government in keeping our lives and our economy going. Uh, and so this is just trying to be that space where people can go to and, and work out what they're almost entitled to do as citizens um, and to allow people to connect locally. And I think the an example I can use was um, when I was on the kind of, I used to go to Preston for Europe meetings, you know, these yeah. pro-Remain meetings. And actually, I've, I've been campaigning for a long time. I enjoy campaigning. I love door knocking and things like that. Um, mm. Actually, most people, that is a, a world away from their comfort zone and have no idea where to start. And, and a lot of the people I was talking to, you know, when I was, we've talked about people getting off the backside, etc. Well, these people didn't know how to do anything else than just the basic kind of signing a petition, having a, an argument with someone on Twitter, that isn't going to bring around change and that isn't going to lead to the results that your group's hoping to achieve. Yes, um, and I think as sort of as members of the Liberal Democrats and as, as campaigners and activists, um, we're sort of, we're used to door knocking. You know, it's what, it's what we do uh, throughout the year. And I think it's quite uh, easy um, to... Uh, to sort of take for granted that people will go door knocking, people will go leafleting. And actually, it's quite a big jump for a lot of people to do, to knock on their neighbour's door and ask them to, uh, you know, give a leaflet or ask them to vote for someone. And that's, uh, and, and I think that is a, a bridge that often local parties help to provide. But again, if you're not a member of a political party, you don't have that support network and you don't have that sort of in route um, to that kind of activism. And I suppose the, the things that also have to be, the reason why political parties also exist now, which has got more complicated, is actually not just the training side of it, motivation, you know where to go, but actually it's things like, you know, do you know how to, what you're allowed to do with data? How do you, and particularly with the with GDPR and things like that, that actually one of the things we had to discuss when we're doing stuff with the, the pro-remain groups is actually 
whose data are you using? Is it Lib Dem data? Is it the Preston for Europe's data? Is it the Labour Party's data? It, beco it becomes very complicated. Yes. Yes, yeah, so that, I think the sort of liberal base is quite clear that, you know, there's any email addresses or data that, that we're given, that's not being passed on to any political party. You know, as I say, as a Liberal Democrat activist, I have absolutely no interest uh, in exploiting liberal base for any kind of Lib Dem game. That goes against the entire point of the whole platform. Uh, it is about uh, trying to create this kind of positive, constructive, a almost apolitical space um it or sort of no it ha it's supposed to have its own distinct brand uh that people can uh happily be a liberal based activist and labor party member or a liberal based activist and a liberal democrat or whatever um and i think that's sort of our our main message going forward is that you can be a member of another party or none and be involved in our organization okay well that's uh that's it's really interesting i'm i'm sure if you're listeners or viewers to this, what, what do you think of it? Do you agree? To what, I mean, from a, from a Liberal Democrat point of view, is this something you'd like to see more of, or do you think it's something that might hinder the Lib Dems? Please comment below and let us know. By all means, though, have a word. You know, go to... It's, it's at Liberal Base on Twitter. I'm sure you'd welcome any feedback um, uh, to the group. Um, and just now, obviously, a bit of... I want to wish you good luck yourself because you are standing uh, as a candidate for the Lib Dems Thank as you. well. Uh, so how's the campaign going? How are you getting on with it? And how's that? How's life at the moment? Other than being stopping for coronavirus. Well, or something. well it's, I don't know about you, John. I'm, I'm getting sort of, uh, I got the election bug. And then you sort of go out and do door knocking and, and hammer on doors and delete, deliver leaflets. And then it all goes flat. And so we're all a bit on the home straight, really. Um, but now we've got an excellent, excellent set of uh, candidates in Sheffield, the great Liberal Democrat team up there. Um, so yes, I'm a candidate in the Manor Castle Ward uh, for the City Council. Uh, so that will now be this time next year, um, yeah. hopefully. So uh, uh, I think the important bit for anyone that is a party activist is uh, keep, keeping up the, uh, the effort, keeping up the energy to uh, what looks like probably the longest campaign in decades. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thank you very much, Tom, for coming on. Uh, we really appreciate it. All our listeners and viewers out there, if you do want to get in touch with Tom, go to uh, Twitter at Liberal Base. Uh, if you want to follow everything to do with the podcast, it's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at LibDemPod. You can follow myself at, at John Potter LD. We've got loads of podcasts coming up, um, so about various different groups within the Lib Dems. We've got uh, more interviews with uh, prominent Lib Dems and MPs. So do uh, subscribe to us both on YouTube and on your podcast provider. Uh, do stay safe. We are in the middle of this uh, coronavirus. Look after yourself and uh, we'll have another episode very soon. Bye.